And hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Conquest Chronicles podcast. This is Matt here, along with Dina. Uh, we've been been away for a little bit. No, we haven't been we haven't been on for what about a week? Think we uh, missed, yeah, I think we missed a week, but we're back and right in time for Rivalry Week, the the last regular season game of the season. For USC, um, after this game, they they end up playing the um, proverbial waiting game on if they will play in the Pac-12 championship game, <laughs> or it could be if if Utah drops a game to uh, Arizona this week, then they um they could be actually practicing for next for for the following week for the Pac-12 title game, but. Uh, it, it, it's a lot to uncover here. USC has to take care of business first before uh, we start thinking about that. But, Dina, how, how have you been? How's everything been going? It's been good. I can't believe the season's, like, over. I feel like it just started. Yeah, it does. It, it, honestly, it feels like it, it just started, like, <clears throat> not that long ago, honestly. It, it And we were talking about it. It seems like we were just at USC in Fresno yeah. State. And now we're at the end of the season, basically at the end of the season, because come next week, um, it will be the last games for um, until conference championship week. And then you have bowl games coming up. And then after that, that's it. But for USC, they're already bowl eligible, uh, accomplished something that they didn't accomplish, I'd say, a, a season ago. Uh, right now they're currently seven and four. Uh, what bowl game they could go to? It up in the air. Some have them playing in the Alamo Bowl. Some, I think, most projections have them in the Holiday Bowl. Um, but there's some that have them in the Alamo Bowl, uh, playing some interesting teams. But first, they got to take care of business before we talk about what bowl they could go to. We got USC has to take care of business. Um, they play UCLA. This week, UCLA is coming off of a 49-3 drubbing against Utah and Salt Lake City while the Trojans were on the road and demolished uh, Cal, a pretty bad Cal offense, but again, win's a win. Uh, Coming into UCLA, uh, a lot of confidence up and a lot of questions that that need to be answered, but um, with this game... With UCLA coming in, UCLA has, um, well, I'd say their offense is not quite up to par, but UCLA can move the ball. Uh, I believe UCLA in total deep, in passing deep offense, they're 11th in the Pac-12. Not very good passing the ball, but um, running the ball, it's a different story with Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Joshua Kelly uh, with shouldering most of the load. Uh, Joshua Kelly is up to over 900 yards and has double-digit touchdowns. And for Trojan fans, they may remember Kelly um, Kelly ran all over USC for, uh, for 289 yards and three touchdowns, I believe. But coming into this game, it could be a different story. Dina, what are you expecting with, you, uh, with USC coming into this game with their defense? I mean, we know if you watch the Utah game, yes, Utah, you know, you Utah really had their way with them, but UCLA was moving the ball early on. 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing USC needs to worry about is stopping the run, both with Josh Kelly and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I mean, we've said it before, USC versus mobile quarterbacks is never never a good thing. So they want if they don't want to like get an up if they don't want um to be upset, then they have to contain Dorian Thompson-Robinson and um, you know, his his stats are aren't good at all when he's being pressured. So I definitely think they need to pressure him, contain him, and then um, contain Josh Kelly and stop the run. I think against Cal, they allowed uh, 123 rushing yards. Was that, does that sound right? A hundred against Cal. I think it was 123. Yeah. So, um, but they were getting, they were moving the ball early when they got to the running game. And then when monster came in, that, that was that. But. Right. Um, and then on the offensive side, um, I I just really want to see the run game get going. I think for the past couple of games, it's kind of been non-existent for USC. It has, but I I believe with uh, Malapai, it looks like he's on track to return. Um, I haven't looked at the practice uh, practice notes or anything. I haven't looked at practice notes or anything, but it, it looks like he could be on track to play this week. It, that could be a potential there, but again, it kind of depends. It, it's one of those things where you, it kind of depends on how all of it plays out. I do mm-hmm. agree with you though. I do agree with you though. I do think that the run game needs to be better. The run game has not been good at all. It hasn't. It, it's been lackluster at most. But that's because USC don't have a physical threat that right. really um, – they don't have a physical threat to help that run game, which is an issue. And the line is not generating a push, and it doesn't help when with Carr and uh, Kenny and Kristen – only getting 3.3 yards a carry. It, it doesn't, it, it won't fly and it doesn't help. It, it, it doesn't help at all. So, what, so speaking about offense, one thing that's grabbed a lot of attention is the passing game. Uh, again, uh, uh, Keaton Slovis throwing for over 400 yards. I believe he he did it twice or three times this season. Um mm-hmm. he he's done it three times this season. Not only that um but the whole thing is that how can I put it? The whole thing is that the receivers has also have also been stepping up as well and helping them out. And that's yeah, the Drake one London. Drake Linden has really had a breakout um, last couple of games. Um, you know, you don't even, not to sound like mean, but you don't really, you don't even notice that Tyler Vaughn's is, um, was hurt. Well, yeah, that is true. Cause Vaughn's, Vaughn's didn't really play all too much. I, I, I believe Vaughn's didn't really play all, way, all too much or anything uh, last week. He's nursing a high ankle sprain. So that was an issue. So that's an issue there. But London has done a good job. He and he's taking advantage. He not only is he stepping up, 
he's taking advantage of his athleticism and he's taking advantage of opposing defenses looking at Amon Ross St. Brown, mm-hmm. Michael Pittman, um, Bellis Jones to a point. And then when Tyler Vines is in there, you got to account for all four wide receivers, sometimes five when you go five wide. So you got to account for all of them somehow. You have to account for all of them. So I think that's the thing there. That's the that's the whole thing there. Is that with Tyler Vaughn with um how can I put it with with Tyler Vaughn's even though he's there, you still gotta account for him. You gotta account for all these guys too. Right. I mean Pittman right now Pittman right now has over a thousand yards. I think he and we talked about he's the first USC wide receiver since twenty since twenty seventeen. Deontay Burnett uh caught for over a thousand yards. And then right behind him you have Tyler Bonds and and uh Amon Ross St. Brown with over seven hundred yards receiving. Which by the way, Pittman is a semifinalist for the Bolitnikoff Award and we'll post the link up for fans to vote. Um, I think he's deserving. He's been quietly one of the better receivers in the nation and, and, and has been consistent this year. Right. He's consistent, not to be biased or anything, but he's been consistent this year. Um, so I think against UCLA in which UCLA only have four interceptions on the year, uh, don't really force turnovers all too much, but UCLA's defense is decent. Don't get the record wrong or anything. UCLA has a decent defense. They, they, their defense has been pretty decent. It's their offense that really hasn't been doing too well with turnovers. Cause UCLA has been turning the ball over left and right, but their defense has been, has been pretty decent. I'm interested to see how UCLA defends. Cause I know UCLA plays a lot of man. I wouldn't be shocked if UCLA go ahead and drop eight in the coverage because we've I, I don't know I don't know if it's just me Dina but I haven't really seen many teams go back to playing a zone defense on UCLA I mean Cal Cal plays a lot of man and Cal has a pretty stout defense but Slovis did a pretty good job against you against Cal's defense yeah, and taking did. care of the ball and he's been better taking care of the ball too but if he can ride that same momentum, and if UCL, if USC can just start on time, which they do, I think this is the first time this season they scored in every quarter. If they can just score early and get the ball back and score at will, they're going to win this game. They're going to win this game. Yeah, there's there's really no reason that they shouldn't. I mean. Um, you know, it's not, it's not like a, a trap game. It's really, there's really no reason at all that you should No, it isn't. And it shouldn't be an emotional hangover off a cow. Right. I mean, here's the thing for you, for, for USC is that. I think the thing, they can't be sloppy and they can't stall. Like they can't take a half to to score you know what i mean like well not um, only don't that. don't allow don't allow ucla to like hang around because well, rivalry always. games are always um 
they're, they're always it's just tricky. A, it's just different, yeah. They're always tricky, and that's the thing. With rivalry games, you hit the nail on the head. With rivalry games, not only are they tricky, but you let UCLA hang around. That's that. They get, they get confidence in them, and that's that. That's what happened – that's what happened last year. And the thing about it is, yes, you're supposed to beat UCLA. USC, USC is expected to, is expected to beat UCLA. That is, that is expected based off the talent that they have. But it was the same issue last year. And look what happened. Now, in all means, I, I, I think with USC, there's so many things they got to play for. One, this is a payback game for USC. This is a pay. This should be a payback game for USC. Okay. Not only that, but I and this is a narrative that we always hear that. Oh well, half of these guys they were recruited by USC. Well, half of these guys also live in the city of Los Angeles, or right. they live in Southern California, and right. some of these guys we sit here. And they go, oh, they were recruited by Southern California. They were recruited by by USC. But there's times USC, there's times these kids recruit or these kids commit over USC. So really to sit there and to play the, well, they didn't want me, so I committed. No, you chose to go to UCLA. So I think it, it, it's one of those things. It, it's a played out narrative. But at the same time, we're going to hear it. These guys know each other, you know, last year's game and everything like that. Right. So, so I think it, it's going to be a, a, a pretty decent game. I think it's – I don't think USC blows the door – they blow the doors off of them. But I think they beat them pretty significantly. I don't see UCLA's defense hanging with the talent on the USC offense. Now, I think if this is a poorly coached game – this then that's gonna go one it's gonna be something else. But I think USC should win this game. They should. I also <laughs> think they should win this game by about two or three scores. They should. But um how do you see this game how do you see this game playing out? Um I know you're going to say they're going to win. I think they have every opportunity. They will have every opportunity to blow UCLA out. They just got to take care of business. I I agree with that. I agree with that. So I'm going to say this, okay, and and hear me out here. I'm going to say this. I say USC wins 45 to 24. That's pretty good. I I think I think USC puts up forty. Uh, I think USC puts up forty five on them. But I think the UCLA moves the ball. USC UCLA can move the ball. I think they're gonna have issues with with uh, Thompson Robinson. I think they're gonna have issues with him trying to contain them. But I also can see Clancy Pendergast selling out the run. So they so they can force UCLA to beat them with his arm. If they do that, then USC can have can can win that this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I'm going to say score is 35, no, 38 to 17. Okay, that's not a bad score. That that I can see. I think the run game will be something uh, to watch for. With US, yeah, with I think um, USC is how they. I think they'll be going that. back and forth for a while until we force some turnovers and then momentum switches our way for the rest of the game. I agree with that. I I I'm on board with you on that one. Now, here's something to talk about because this is something that has been mentioned. This is something that that has been mentioned um, left and right. What happens? Now, let's say USC wins this game handedly, right? Mm-hmm. They win this game handedly. What does that mean for Clay Helton? Because this was something interesting. That was brought up, and I think I've brought this up before, but this is something now that has been brought up uh, by Bruce Feldman, and a lot of people are going haywire about it on Twitter. USC goes 8-4. and four. They reach the bowl game. Now, if you're going to let go of a coach, you have to do it before early signing period. You're going to have to do it as soon as the last regular season game. So you can get a hire by then. So it's the timing of it. What if USC wins convincingly? Do, um, you, do you still in the Clay Helton era? Because the easy answer is yes. Okay. And granted, I, I've been a huge proponent of saying it's time to move on from the Helton era. I just think it's time to move on from the Clay Helton era. It's just time. I think that if, you know, Mike Bonwell, if he's going to base his decision on winning this one game, then I don't, I don't think that's what an athletic director should do. I think he should, you know, just because we beat UCLA handedly doesn't mean, oh, well now I, I guess I will keep Clay Helton. You know what I mean? Right, it just means you're winning the games you're supposed to win. I, I, here's my worry, and I, and I think I text, and I text you this too. My biggest worry, my biggest, my most absolute and biggest worry is that, is Mike Bond, or Mike Bowen, goes, you know what? USC finished strong. Uh, coaching staff finished strong. They, they looked pretty good. I think, I gonna... think if that was the case, um, you know, then why, why, why did Fult even let Swan go? You know, I mean, if she wanted to well, keep that same Swan, mentality. Well, Swan resigned. That was the thing. Well, pub- 
that well. Well, <laughs> I yeah. But I think here's the thing is that a lot of people thought when the new AD when when Bowen came in, it was oh this he's gonna let go Clay Helton. He's gonna let go Clay Helton. Well, we gotta keep in mind he just got there too. Now the smart idea is yes, let Clay Helton go. I mean, to be honest, I'm not. I wouldn't but, be happy. I'm not gonna be happy in, unless it's Urban Meyer. Like, even if we, whether we keep Clay Helton, whether we fire Clay Helton, you know, people are saying James Franklin. I I don't want. I want someone who's won a championship. Okay, I don't. Well, you if, know what I mean. If it's not, if it's not. Bowen, or Bowen, if it's not Urban Meyer, then you really have to look into it. So here's how, I'm not going to sit here and start, I don't want to start talking about coaching candidacies yet. If it's, it's not Urban Meyer, I don't think it's really worth. Well, you got him um, going a different direction. Because it, what if, because here's how I look at it. If This is how I base it off of. Is the team going to be any better with with Helton next year. We gave him that chance this year. Now granted everybody can talk about the injuries to and all this stuff. True. But look at the Oregon game. Right. USC, you want USC to compete. You want USC to compete not just for Pac twelve championships, but for national titles. Under Helton, they're not going to compete for national titles. Right. They're just not. And then you play Alabama next year to open up the season. I don't think with Clay Helton, granted, with the new coaching staff, you gave them that chance. They still look like, they still somewhat look like the same team. Yeah, to me, to me, I just, you look at BYU, so we got to judge it off of that. I don't BYU, think there's any, in my opinion, any amazing options other than Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. I mean. Like, there's no wow, like, oh, my God, what a great hire options, in my opinion. Even well, James Franklin. I mean, he's never, has he ever beaten Ohio State? He I'll has. So. He has. With Penn State? Yes, he has. What year was that? When they went to the Rose Bowl, and they had a close game the following year. But Ohio State had Ohio State had Urban Meyer too. That's kind of like a whole different level. But if we look at Penn State under Franklin, Penn State has been a playoff contender under Franklin, and that's where you want USC and Franklin Penn State is fans, one. Though Penn State fans. I've seen a lot of them. They want Franklin gone. You know, I want a coach where their fan base would be like, oh, dang, he's well, leaving. <laughs> I think with Franklin, because Franklin should have initially came to USC, but that we that's a whole different story. Um, I think with Franklin, and if you have to look at it like this, you can't get Urban Meyer. Okay. Now you got to move on to the next one, which is Bob Stoops. Well, if you can't get if Urban Meyer, get, I think <laughs> if you if you can get Bob Stoops, 
You say you want somebody who won a championship. Bob Stoops has been to the championship game yeah, on several occasions. Yeah, I feel like that might end up being like a Les Miles thing, though. Like, he really hasn't done anything with Kansas. I mean, no, he's improved no. them, I think, but, like, really, Bob, I mean. Bob Stoops has done a heck of a lot with Oklahoma recently. You can't yeah, say. Yeah, but I'm saying, like. You can't say what Lincoln Riley's and... doing. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's the same with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, well, even though Urban Meyer... Urban Meyer's only a year out, though. Bob Stoops has only been two years out. And Bob Stoops had one of the... Has it only what, been One of the years? most high... Yeah, it's been two years. Yeah. Lincoln Riley's first year was last year. Was it? <laughs> I believe so. I believe Lincoln Riley's first year was last year. I believe. Don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on that. It might have been last year. No, because he, he had Baker. He had Baker when he was here. It might have been the year before. But I, I seriously, though, Bob Stoops might be the next best option. And look what he's done with Oklahoma. And it's the same. Like, if you can't get Urban Meyer, you got to look at Bob Stoops. If you can't get Bob Stoops, you got to look at Franklin. If you can't get Franklin, then that's where you start kind of moving down the food chain. Do you look at, do you try to poach away at, uh, Coach Ordron? That's not going to happen. So let's no, move forward. That's not happening. Do you try to get, do you try to poach away, uh, Mario Crystal Ball from Oregon? Not that won't happen either. Probably won't happen. So you move on. So then you got to start moving down the food chain. You got to start moving down the food chain. You look at PJ Fleck. That no. might end up being an option here. No. I mean, do you no, look no. at Matt? Do you look <laughs> at Matt Rule from Baylor? I'd look at Rule before way, Rule way, way, way come, before PJ Fleck. Rule, Rule might come before Fleck. And, yeah, I'm not uh, even looking at Fleck. Sorry. Bye. Next. Well, who else? Well, what other options you That's have? That's what I'm saying. There's really no good Campbell? options. Like. No. I, I can't. But you can't stay with Clay Helton. You need somebody. You need. But all of them are better than Clay Helton. No, I'm sorry if, for any USC players that are listening to this and everything. But that's reality. That is actual reality. He has turned Western Kentucky around. Fleck has turned Western Kentucky around. He's turned. Minnesota around. I mean, it, it, it's more of at this rate, you're going to get, if you get, can't get anything from there, then you're venturing into Jack Del Rio territory. And that is the territory <laughs> we are trying to avoid. <laughs> you are venturing towards Jack Del Rio territory. And if you do look at Jack Del Rio, it will be the typical USC hire. I'm sorry. Jack Del Rio would be the typical USC hire. Now, who knows? Jack Del Rio may work, but he's not my first choice. <laughs> he's not even my second, nor my third, nor my fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth. Not even my ninth. But my thing is, if you let go of Helton, then you, you A, you've got to throw big money at Urban Meyer. Like, you have to throw big money and control. And that's the thing that a lot of people, a lot of boosters are going to want to, are going to hesitate at. 
Do they want to let go some of that control? That's the big issue here with Urban Meyer. Because Urban Meyer, he's going to want things done his way, which means Booster's going to have to let it, you know, slide and stuff. It, that's what it's going to boil down to. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think. I mean, I think USC fans are hyping up Meyer too much with, you know, <clears throat> with all the signs at, at game days and, you know, like, look what happened with, with Cliff Kingsbury. I feel this is giving me like flashbacks. <laughs> Well, that's different with Kingsbury. So here's the thing with Kingsbury. There's a, there's a, there's a major difference here. I, I, I'll tell you this. With Kingsbury, yes, fans wanted him, but it wasn't until he was available. Like NFL teams wanted him and everything. And you didn't think USC would go and get Kingsbury. When they let go of T. Martin, then it became a realistic possibility. Then you had Kingsbury, and but the thing with that is that here's the thing with Kingsbury. NFL teams were already gunning after him. For a coordinator, you don't pay a coordinator all that much. And his agent was the one that went, well, you can be an NFL head coach. All right, if somebody offers you, and this is the NFL, so the NFL don't have any morals anyway. So the NFL went, okay, we can still poach him. We can still poach Cliff Kingsbury. And look, he's a head coach somewhere. That's kind of different because NFL teams were gunning after him still because of the big offensive thing in the NFL. Remember how, remember the, the Chiefs and Rams game from last year and the right. success of Pat Mahomes? and the Chiefs offense, and the Rams offense, and everybody fell in love with having a young head coach. So that was the thing. I don't think the NFL is going to really try to gun after Urban Meyer. Like no, I'm not saying they're gonna, the NFL is going to do anything with Meyer. I'm saying, like, just the, if he the gets vibe. Cold, oh, if like, he gets cold feet and then just – I don't think so. Because Urban Meyer – here's I think the thing with Urban Meyer is that the only way I see it is Urban Meyer goes, no, I'm not coming. Right. That's the only thing I can see, in which that is a possibility. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think we're everyone's getting their hopes up, thinking it's a lot. Right. When I kind of honestly don't not. really see it happening. <laughs> I want and it to. It but... but we've seen recently where things say, oh, yeah, this is going to happen, and it ends up happening. But still, it's not a lot. It, everybody's talking about it's a lot. It's not a lock. They let go Clay Helton. I think I mentioned this. I think I mentioned this last year that the the nightmare scenario would be keeping Clay Helton. But my thing is, can you suffer? Like, can you can can Bowen can Bowen can he afford to keep Clay Helton at this rate? I say no, you because you don't want to be you come in and then you have a good first impression, and then your next right. impression is, oh, I'm gonna hold on to the guy 
who a lot of fans, who a lot of people want gone. Right. That's what is on the line here. You know another name I wouldn't be shocked if if they do let go of Helton, and and that could be a possibility. Who? Luke Fickle. He's it's somebody who he's familiar with. Fickle has done a good job at Ohio State when he was the intern. I mean, if you really think about it, and look at what he's doing at Cincinnati. If you really think about it, it yes, it's a whole hum higher, but it's something. But it's gonna be one of those hires where it's like. They're not gonna. USC needs to think. They they need to make a splash in the most desperate way. Right. They need to reel back in the fans and the boosters and everything, and they need to make a big splash higher. Which is why, like you said, it has to be Urban Meyer or nothing, or Bob Stoops, <laughs> or Franklin. Franklin would be a big splash higher. Mario Cristobal would be a big splash higher. He honestly, he would. He would. Yeah, he would. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I feel like it, it would just be like if they don't get any of that, then you look at the Luke Fickles and everyone else. Next thing you know, it, then we move into Jack Del Rio territory, and then it's, I don't know. So that's the interesting thing. That's what it's going to be interesting to see. But I do think it's Urban Meyer or nothing. Yeah. But we will see how it plays out. Um, it's a lot to unpack here. It's a lot to untangle. It's a lot to untangle, and we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how all of it plays out. But, Dina, I got to ask you this. You and you've been around for USC UCLA for years, much Mm -hmm. like much like me. We've both been in it, both been a part of it, the rivalry, and and caught up in it and everything. Here's what is your favorite thing about the USC UCLA rivalry? Like, talk to me your feelings on the rivalry. Like favorite moments or no, like just in general, like your feelings on it, everything. I think um, it doesn't get enough hype, to be honest. I think it's just as good as Texas, Oklahoma, um, and I, you know, I think the well, the reason for that is because UCLA hasn't really been um, relevant as a football team for a while, and USC not since the Rose Bowl, so um, or the Pac-12 championship. Um, it's kind of been like off and on for the past couple of years, but um, one thing I don't like is how they wear the home home jerseys no matter what for both teams. I don't I don't like that. <laughs> I like it. I mean, it's tra- it's a traditional it's it's a traditional thing that they've been doing since the both since both teams shared the um 
what was it? The the Coliseum, even when they were at the Rose Bowl, they used to do it in the 80s all the time, where both teams wore their home jerseys. I like it. I mean, I'm with you on that. It doesn't get enough respect in the sense because it's not Auburn, Alabama. It's not um, – what is it? it, it, it it's, it's not a rivalry where it decides a conference uh, – uh, the division – the divisional title – in the conference or a national or both of these teams are on a national scale. It's, it's, it's not that. So that's why it doesn't get as much respect as it should. But honestly, it's a very interesting rivalry because these, these are kids who are in the same city who played as teammates or against each other in the same city. Campus is about 12 miles away from each other. Um, and it's one of just it's it's one of those interesting rivalries where you're like, man, both teams are wearing their home jerseys. You know, they're they're constantly battling and recruiting and all of that stuff. And here's the thing: it's not just football where it's the thing where it matters. It's basketball too. These guys see each other in basketball in the same city. L.A. basketball, they see each other in the same city almost throughout the whole year because now you have the Drew League that goes on, uh, open open gyms that happen, pickup games. You know, you're constantly seeing each other. It's the same with it's the same with football now, with seven on seven being the thing these days. Of mm-hmm. uh, same thing with volleyball. It's not only not only is it just. Football, it's all the other sports. It's athletics because these kids see each other and they might have been teammates at one point. It's the same thing with, um, it's the same thing. Even, even if you're not, even if you are not in, um, in athletics, even beyond athletics, it's competition because it's, you're trying to one up the other and, even like I can ask you, Dina. I'm sure you went to school with some people who end up who ended up going to UCLA, and you're like, "Ew." <laughs> yeah. Like it happens. Like when you go to when you go to um, where is it? To Santa Monica. You go to like if you go to Santa Monica College. Okay, Santa Monica College is predominantly a satellite UCLA campus. You can take UCLA courses at Santa Monica College. You know, there's so many people there who are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to UCLA. I'm going to go to UCLA. And I'm like, why? So it's, you know, the 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 whole thing behind it, you know, the the it's like the rivalry behind it. That's what makes it interesting. And the fact that the people are into it, I think that's what people don't. I think that's what people don't. Um, don't look at. I think people just look at, um, how can I put it? People don't look, they think about it from a national perspective. That's how I view it. Mm-hmm. They look at it from a national perspective and that's the issue. It's like, oh, well, they're not a national, this team, or they're, they're not relevant or yada, yada, yada. No, it's in, but it's still an interesting rivalry. There's still a lot to play for. They play for a victory bell. 
Right, and they play for the Crosstown Cup, too. Yeah, oh, the gauntlet. Yes, they do. They play for the the SoCal BMW gauntlet, as it's called now. It's not the Lexus gauntlet anymore. But they play for the gauntlet. And, 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 you know, winner takes the gauntlet means you are the better athletic program. So... Um, that's what I think. What, but what are some of your favorite memories of the of the USC UCLA rivalry? What are some favorite memories? Some favorite games? Uh, definitely, my favorite is fifty zero. I think that one. Um, you know that one was just. I can't remember a dominant dominant win since since that game. Like an all around like. Good win, and what made it better was obviously we were playing UCLA. Um, yeah, that's my favorite moment. Um, mine. I would say USC. I would say uh, the fifteen to nothing game because I was at the fifteen to nothing game. But I feel like everybody's gonna bring that up. Um, I have two favorites actually. I actually I have two favorites. One is the sixty-six to nineteen game in '05. The reason why that's my favorite is because that was the game I felt Reggie won the Heisman, where Reggie went off and broke off a huge run and jumped over the UCLA defender, looking like Superman, and that was his Heisman moment. But not only that, UCLA had one loss, and that game, that game decided the um, the Pac-10 championship, and USC mm-hmm. just throttled them. And UCLA, I, I, I was, it's funny because UCLA could have been undefeated that year too, going into that game, but they lost to Arizona. Um. That's one game. Um, I'm trying to think of an. Another, I'd say another would have to be, uh, I'm split between 2015, yeah, I'm split between, no, no, 2009 actually, and I don't, I don't think it's the game itself in 09, but the moment in 09, USC's up 21 to 7. Uh, Barkley takes a knee. UCLA, UCLA, Rick Neuheisel, Pistol Rick, whatever you want to call him, calls a timeout. He calls a timeout. Next play later, play action pass. Barkley throws it deep for a touchdown. Next thing you know it. Both teams meet up midfield and get, and they're about to get into it. I don't know if you remember that game. No. It, it, it was Pete Carroll's last year and it was, and the game was like vanilla. Like it was just, uh, and then it didn't really get riled up until that touchdown. Like, it really didn't get, like, nobody really didn't get into it until that touchdown. So that was my favorite moment. My favorite game is 66-19 in, 2000, in 2005. 
Now, what's your least favorite game? Hmm. Um. The 2012 when Matt Barkley got hurt. Oh, I hated that game. I couldn't stand watching that game. What made it unbearable was just UCLA fans were just talking just all year. I think that game was just a laminate, like the icing of the cake of that 2012 season. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say Notre Dame. I think the UCLA game, for whatever reason, last year and 2012 was just the icing on the cake of that UCLA game. Uh, uh, the UCLA game were just the icing on the cake for those games. Because it's like, crap, really this is happening? I think last year was worse because of how it unfolded. 2012, USC was just going on a downhill spiral and, and UCLA was just trending up. But you, but USC could have won that game and still got back in the Pac-12 and go to the Pac-12 title game and just, uh, and it was raining that game too. Um, I one up you here, Dina. I'm gonna one up you here, and this game, I, I, this game still sticks out to this day. 2006, USC UCLA, uh, USC. All they had to do, they were one game away from playing for a national championship. If they would have beaten UCLA, they would have gotten in the national championship game to play and played against Ohio State. They were number two in the BCS. And UCLA beats them 13 to 9. And the thing that ended it there was John David Booty tries to throw a pass to, I think, to Steve Smith or Patrick Turner. And the ball got deflected and it got picked off. Mm-hmm. And, and UCLA beat, stops USC from going to the national championship game. That one hurts me the most. Because you, because Pete Carroll and USC could have won. If you think about it in that game, they could have won. They would have, I, I felt they would have beaten Ohio State. Cause Ohio State got manhandled against Florida that year. But I felt USC could have won three national championships in four years. And they would have been played in three straight national championship games. I mean, we can't say the Rose Bowl is a national championship game because it technically it wasn't, although they won a national title that year. That's what hurts. Yeah. That was the, I felt that was the game that hurt. Uh, before we get into picks, what are your quick thoughts? Quick thoughts on USC being ranked before we move forward. <laughs> To be honest, I don't really like it because every time they get ranked, the next week they drop a game. So I don't know. I don't like it. I mean, being ranked twenty third is not. I mean, who cares? But really? <laughs> but they were yeah, but they were ranked twenty four and lost twice. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. I. 
I'm confused by it. I see why, but I'm confused. Because what has USC done to be ranked? Like, what do the selection committee see for USC to be ranked? What warrant USC to be ranked in the in the college football playoffs polls? In the college football playoffs top twenty five. You know what I mean? Like, what warrants for that? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I saw somebody mention. Well, they beat Utah and they lost to um, and who they lost to uh um, who is it? They lost to Oregon and and Notre Dame, who are ranked. But what warrants for them to be ranked? Like that's what I want to know. Where where what's the what's the what is it? Is it something that the selection committee saw that we didn't see? I mean, maybe they could have looked at how they bounced back against Oregon. That could be the case. I mean, there's so many factors to it, but I think it helps the Pac-12. And here's why I think it helps the Pac-12. Uh, a lot of people were like, "How does this help?" Because now you're looking at or Oregon who's significant who's there there they have a ranked win now they have a win over a ranked team which is now USC and they won it convincingly Utah they defeat they lost to USC yes but if one, either one of them win they have USC to hang their hat on with a ranked opponent I know we mentioned the Alabama factor and they and them going, well, they're the best team. But if you look at it, USC now becomes the determining factor. And if Oregon blows out if Oregon blows out Utah, I think you Oregon gets in. I think that happens. If Utah I think either way, if they win, they have a solid case to get in. I think either or. Because they, A, played an extra game, and B, they won their division, unlike Alabama. Yeah, I have a feeling, though, when uh, Georgia loses to LSU in the title game, they're going to make an excuse for Alabama. That's now why what they if, put them ahead of Oregon. Now, what if Georgia defeats Alabama, uh, LSU? Then you I think look the top scenario. four will stay the same. I think Oregon's not going to w- jump Georgia just because, you know, the committee loves the SEC. That's just what it is. I think I don't know. I think the committee has to give serious consideration to Oregon. I think Oregon the Utah. only way they, Oregon they gets should. We, we're saying that they should, but are they really going to do it? That's the thing. Oh, I think the only way Oregon gets in is if um, Georgia loses to LSU in the SEC championship, and if Auburn beats Alabama. Yeah, that's the only way. To be honest, in my opinion. That's how that's how it could be. Um, so moving forward, we're gonna go ahead and look at picks. And 
this is going to be an interesting conversation moving forward because now you're looking at, well, who gets in, how do they get in, and all of this stuff. It's going to be interesting, and there's going to be a lot of gripe. I seriously think we could see an expansion of the playoff because I, I, I think it's just what are the qualifications, as we talked about. I don't think I don't think the guys on the selection committee say these are the qualifications to get in. These are this is what we're looking for for teams to get in to catch our eye. I don't think that's I feel like it's like the selection committee with basketball. It's we're moving back to goalpost each and every time. Because truly you, everybody has an opinion on who are the best teams in the nation. Who are the four best teams in the nation? Everybody got an opinion on that. Mm-hmm. Some is obvious. Some you don't know. But is it who's the best team? But I, I'll say this. Does the, be, the best team win their division? How are you one of the best four teams in the, in the nation and you don't win your division? And you don't play opponent and you don't play quality opponents? That's where I got to say. I agree. I'm just, it is what it is. Yeah, that is true. Okay. So going to picks as soon as this comes up, if this ever wants to come up. Um, we, we picked UCLA and USC. I think well, we, we all said that USC should win this game handedly, as they should. Um, what we usually do, if you're listening to us for the first time, what we usually do is we start with Pac-12 and then we go in the key games in the conference. I think we might there's a couple of games, Pac-12 games we might have to skip because there's a lot of quality games this week and next week. So let's go ahead and get right to it. Um, Arizona State and and Oregon uh, game is in Tempe. Game is on ABC at 4:30 Pacific. Um, Oregon is favored by 14 and a half. Who do you have in this game? Do you have Arizona State or do you have Oregon? Oregon. I'm going Oregon here too. I, Oregon, Oregon's on a four game losing streak. Um, Jaden Daniels, I don't, did Jaden Daniels play last week? He did, I, I believe. So there's that. I Oregon's defense is is something different. Um, I I got Oregon handedly. I, I I got Oregon winning this game handedly, without a doubt. Washington State and Oregon State, and I bet you didn't think this was going to come up because a win here would mean that one of these teams are bowl eligible. This, I believe, is Oregon State's last chance, which is a winnable game. Well, it's a game they can win, but this is their last chance to reach bowl eligibility, which would be a huge turnaround for uh, for the Beavers. Mm-hmm. Washington State, on the other hand, playing for bowl eligibility as well, um, coming off of a of a of a blowout win over Stanford, which Stanford really regressed uh, this year, which we kind of. I think we knew was coming. Mm-hmm. Oregon State coming off of a win over Arizona State, in which you told me Herm Edwards went for two. 
and didn't convert it, who do you have in this game? Where is it at again? It's in Pullman. Um, it's in Pullman, and it's partly cloudy, and it's 45 degrees. I'm going to say Washington State just because it's at home, though. I think if it was at um, Corvallis, I think Oregon State would have had a better shot of upsetting them. I'm with you on that. I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to – you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna go with Washington State. I think the air raid is gonna um the the air raid will be something. But I, I will say this, I think it will be close. Mm-hmm. I don't be surprised if it's close. Because Oregon State has been playing improved football. So I I have to say Washington State, but I think it'll be close. Um Colorado and Washington, who wins this one? Game is at Colorado. Colorado has been a completely different team at home. Um, it's scattered thunderstorms with a high of 62 degrees. I got, I got Washington winning this one, but again, I wouldn't be shocked if it's close. Colorado is just a different team at home. I think Washington. I got Washington too. Arizona and Utah. Game is at Arizona. Um, the Utah is favored by 22 and a half. I got Utah in a, in a blowout. Yeah, I have Utah too. I got, yeah. And then you have the big game, um, which really, who, who do you think wins, Cal or Stanford? Is, um, it, it's, it's in Palo Alto. Is, uh, What's his name? Chase Garber's playing or no? That's a great question. I have not heard anything about uh, Chase Garber's quite yet. If Garber's isn't playing, then I got Stanford. Yeah, me too. But if he is playing, then I have Cal. Yeah. If if Garber's was playing, I have Cal winning this one. Uh, Cal needs one win to reach bowl eligibility. Um, Stanford needs two. And their remaining opponents are – is. Cal, which is right now, and they have Notre Dame at the end of the season for their regular season finale. Um, moving on here, we are now in the territory of the of these uh, national games. Um, some quality Big Ten games going on. We'll start with Illinois and Iowa. Iowa just defeated um, Minnesota and handed them the first loss. Illinois is bowl eligible at six and four. Um, the, the Illinois fighting Trojans, oh, excuse me, fighting the Illini have, uh, have looked pretty good. Lovey Smith's team has looked pretty good. Uh, who do you have winning this game? It's at Iowa. It, it, it's in, um, it's in Kinnick Stadium. I'm going to say Iowa in a close one. I'm going to go with the underdog. I'm going to go with Illinois. I think Illinois wins this game. I can see Illinois winning this game. Um, how the way they've been playing, they got a lot of momentum riding with them. They, they're bowl eligible. They're playing good football. I, I have Illinois riding this wave. Next one at 9 in the morning, in which game that will be getting out the way, we have Penn State and Ohio State. Game is in, uh, is, it's in Columbus, Ohio. I'm stuttering. 
Game is at Columbus, Ohio. Um, Ohio State is favored. Oh, I don't think there's a. Oh, it's a pick'em game. So there is no line on this game. It's a pick'em game. Uh, but it's gonna be raining in Columbus. So who do you have winning this one? I have Ohio State. I got Ohio State, but don't be shocked if Ohio, if Penn State wins this game. But I, I have Ohio State. I think it, we're going to see a lot of the ground game here. It's going to be a lot. I think it'll be, it's not going to be as high scoring, especially if it rains, but we're going to see a lot of the ground game here. So. Michigan and Indiana. Indiana is seven and three. Did you know Indiana is seven and three? I realized that like last week. <laughs> yeah. Indiana is seven and three. Michigan is, is, um, eight and two. Dina, you've been waiting for Michigan to get exposed, and it has not happened yet. Ever since you said you needed somebody to expose Michigan after the two losses, it has not happened. Mm -hmm. Are you you calling for them to get exposed by Indiana in Indiana and Memorial Stadium? Yeah, I think this is their, uh, (laughs) this is their shot. I'll take Indiana. I got Michigan winning this one by two scores. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I don't see Indiana winning this one, but I think they could battle in this game. Texas A&M and Georgia. Game is in, is in Georgia. Texas A&M, do you know Texas A&M is 7-3? Really? I, I thought, well, I don't know why I thought they were a lot worse than that, but they, <laughs> but they are respectable. Um, I'm going to go Georgia here. Yeah, I have Georgia too. I got Georgia. SMU and Navy. Uh, SMU still playing for a chance to make a New Year's Six bowl game. Navy just lost to Notre Dame, got blown out by Notre Dame. They're seven and two. Um, Navy is favored by three and a half in this game. Really? Navy is favored by three and a half. I, I got SMU. I got SMU. But here's some interesting facts here. Navy has gone 12 and 8 all time against SMU. Navy has won eight consecutive meetings between 2002 and 2017 before losing to SMU in overtime last season, 31 to 30. Navy has scored 50.50.8 points per game against SMU since joining the AAC. So that is some that is interesting. I did not know that. I did not know those numbers. Uh uh-uh, uh, me either. Um, what other games can we go with here? TCU or TCU in Oklahoma. Who do you have winning this one? TCU is five and five. Oklahoma is nine and one. Um, TCU. Oh wait, I skipped the game. I skipped the game. I skipped the game. Baylor and Oak in Texas. Game is in Baylor. Baylor's favored by five and a half. Baylor's coming off of that uh, of that heartbreaking loss to Oklahoma, where they led thirty-one to eight to, to ten. Um, Baylor, though, if they beat Texas, I think they're going to the Big Twelve title game. If I'm not mistaken, 
I think Baylor. Yeah, this will be a good game. Both teams coming off a loss. They weren't expecting. <laughs> yeah. Um, Texas, Texas just lost to Iowa State last uh, last week. Um, this one's yeah. hard. I, I just I just confirmed just confirmed it too. I'm looking at the um at the standings right now, and yes. Baylor, I think Baylor goes to the Big 12 title game regardless, unless they lose two straight. But I think with a win over Texas, they end, they'll end up going to the uh, to the Big 12 title game and playing Oklahoma again. Um, I think it's going to be very close, but I'll take. This is hard. Texas's defense hasn't been great. Um, it hasn't. It, it hasn't been Sam great. Sam Ellinger over Charlie Brewer. Uh, I'm taking Baylor, only because I can't. Only because it's Texas, and I think yeah, it's. And I'll I think. Baylor. And I think. And I think Baylor. Honestly, if. But here's the thing. I think it'll be close because Texas. Texas is getting healthy at the right time. Their defense is getting healthy at the right time. So that's why I think I think that's what what will put give, you know, that will give them a chance in this game. Is the fact that they are healthy. So that's what we have to look at. That's what we have to look at is Texas defense is getting healthy, but I still think Baylor wins. Yeah. I think Baylor wins still. Um, I, What game was I at? Oh, one more. Temple and Cincinnati. Who do you have in that game? Cincinnati. I have Cincinnati too, but I think it's close. How the way Temple's been playing. But other than that, those are our picks. Um, and I believe that is all for us for, um, for the day. Any final thoughts before we go into the, before we go into the game? Just take care of business and it'll be fine. Um, I, I'm with you on that on that too. As long as they uh take care of business. As long as USC can handle business, if they play their game and utilize what they have, they should be fine. In all reality they should be fine. But again, USC has to take care of business and play their game. If they don't, it could be a long day for them. I'm not gonna say a long day, but this the game could go a certain way. It could be a repeat of last year. Let's say that. Especially if they can't contain the mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. So we'll go there. But um, until then, that will be it for us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at C Chronicles SBN. You can also follow me uh, on Twitter at Matt A. Lowry. You can follow me at Always Compete. 
And be sure to uh, to listen to our ooh, excuse me. Be sure to listen to our um, to our podcast on Google Play. I'm drawing blanks on Google Play, Apple, uh, Google Podcast. It's not Google Play anymore. I keep saying Google Play, and it's not Google Play anymore. Listen to us on Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or on the Megaphone app. But um, until then, we will talk to you guys next week, and fight on, everyone. Fight on.